Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as usual. So we have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 14th. We've just finished our August event for this year. And we've got our 2019 events coming up for the public sale in September. I guess we should say that December's already sold out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sips of Sanity is a podcast show that Kelly and I do that's about 10 minutes long. It airs on the website by sarlo.com, not on iTunes. And you can head over there if you would like a shorter version of Coffee with the Sarlos. It's 10 minutes long. It airs the first Monday to Friday of each month. We pick a topic for the whole five shows. And Kelly and I try to give you a toolkit of sorts. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase them and experience them from anywhere in the world. So we'll move on to today's show. We are talking about living with these gifts. And we want to always provide you with a variety of topics. So in the last 10 or so shows, we've had past lives, we've had universal laws, we've had search and rescue, we've had a lot of behavioral topics where you can get tools for a healthy living. We had Beverly and Jell talking about the nice girl syndrome. Heck yeah, we did. She's <laughs> coming back. And we just thought it would be really nice to kind of bring it back to the fundamental level of understanding the gifts themselves. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of a session, every single session, I list all of the gifts so that every client understands what they are. And I do it, I always say for three reasons, Kelly, so that people don't think that I'm giving an opinion, that they don't think that I'm making it up in the line, and that I'm not a therapist that I'm not a certified therapist trying or, or a person faking it, trying to provide therapy for people. It's not a replacement. So I start by saying those three reasons why I list the gifts. And then I launch into saying, and these are what they are as I understand them today. Because over the last eight to 10 years doing this professionally, I've understood how these gifts, I guess, can be described to people in different ways and science came in and helped with that. I really like that you started there because oftentimes when I have clients that will come in to see me I will say are you a first-time client and when they say oh no I saw Karen I will ask them how long ago. Oh okay that makes sense because I know if they saw you at the beginning of your career yeah you believed it was just energy healing yeah and Further along your path, you've understood that you were a medium and that you were a medical intuitive and that depending on how long ago they saw you, they might not know what all is available to them today. That's why I go through the consent process every single time. As do I. <laughs> it's fun. I think it is too. And I know some people will say, yeah, 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 yeah. I just give consent. It's just open. And I never let them get away with that behavior. No. And you know what? Some of our closest people are probably the reason that we still do consent, not only because we know it's ethical, but because our very closest friends are the ones who say, you know, when I attend your medium events, I love listening to consent because I learn something new that you do every single time. Mm -hmm. I hear something new that I didn't hear before. I remember having a client, Kelly, who'd come to see me, I think it was like once a week for, I think it was almost a year. She was going through a really financially challenging divorce process with legalities and a lot of money at stake for her and her kids. 
So she was coming every week. And then once all of that passed and everything settled, she came in into the second year, sat down in the chair. And when I went through consent, she was stunned. She just looked at me and said, is this the first time you've ever done consent? And I said, no, I've done it for the last 52 weeks. And she just looked at me and went, how come it's the first time I'm hearing it? And I said, most likely because every time you've come, you've been so stressed mm-hmm. that you're in your own head about what you've got to ask that day, what information you need. Am I going to get some healing so I can get through the next phase of this divorce or that my life it was the first time she heard me. Mm-hmm. And that was after a full year of weekly sessions. Mm-hmm. And some weeks she came twice. I think that's important for friends to hear. So anyone who's listening who has someone in their life that is that level of stressed will understand or be able to at least now understand or appreciate why we are not heard sometimes. Mm-hmm. We as in people. Yeah, and I think that that kind of leads to, Kelly, when you're making that point that if a person comes and sees us and then they say to their friends, oh, they, they, they did this and they did that, and they're really angry, it's usually because they didn't like the message. It usually isn't really about anything that we've done personally. No, because you're delightful. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. But I but I really do truly mean they don't like the message. And I really truly understand that. Yeah. they So they're shooting the messenger. And it's very, very important to understand they may be shooting the messenger because they can't cope with it. Yeah, actually, that just happened to me this morning. Um, I know we're talking about consent, but we also debrief at the end of every session and we go through four very important things for people which we've talked about on other shows and the debriefing process is always done with the intention so clients don't leave and feel crazy and one of those things is talking about how it is very common for people to leave and feel angry at us us. Mm -hmm. and really what it is is it's at the message or it's at the way that they have interpreted the message or it can be that they they didn't hear what they wanted to hear correct They didn't, and this is true to some people, they didn't get what they wanted. Right. And so this young woman just said to me today during the debriefing process, I was explaining it's common that you're going to leave and feel angry at me. You can always come back. My job is just to love you through it. And she said, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at them for telling me what I already know. (laughs) And I said, well, good for you. Oh, that's great. Self-awareness. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So when I go through and I list all of the gifts, Kelly, after I say these are the three things I am not doing today then I go through and say this is what I'm doing and I always start and say energy healing first because there are licenses there is insurance you and I are both insured so we are practitioners and then I say now aside from the energy healing here are the gifts and then I start listing them And if anyone is interested in that list, we have an entire show on it. It's episode 47 and it's called Consent. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm, Because they can can listen and pause and and say, wow, or weird, how does that work? Um, And that's, that's why we're talking about it today. Because those are all the gifts that we're referring to when we say living with them. Mm -hmm. So one of the, the intrusive gifts is empathy. Yeah. And I want to word it that way because it is intrusive. It is something that grabs your attention, makes things difficult for us. Oh, yeah. Because with 
empathic skills, you are picking up on what other people feel emotionally, you're picking up on what other people feel physically, and you're also picking up on people's thoughts. Okay, and you've just jumped into mirror touch synesthesia, which takes empathy and moves it times a thousand. Yes. Because empathy and mirror touch are not the same, but they can overlap. They can overlap and be confusing for the public. Yes. So, and us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because you can't just turn empathy on to such a degree. For us, it spills right into mirror touch synesthesia every single time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we don't just, and let's separate them. So with empathy, it's more emotional. Mm -hmm. With mirror touch synesthesia, it is physical for sure and can be emotional. Yes. That's how you can kind of see how they can weave together. Kelly, that would be a good example too where people listen to the show that we did where I had the man's asthma attack. That's mirror touch synesthesia. Yeah. So he came to see me as a client and I had an asthma attack that lasted 10 minutes. I don't have asthma. He does. So that's the difference. If someone's listening to it and saying, ooh, I don't know the difference between empathy and mirror touch synesthesia. If you have empathy for it or for that person, he would have had the asthma attack and the empathic person would feel for him in the sense of sad for him, upset for him. They feel his emotions. Or his panic. Yes. But they wouldn't feel the chest itself and the action of what's going on in the body. They would not be replicating their own asthma attack. Perfect. I walked around the house coughing, couldn't breathe. That's mere touch. So if I sit for just a second, Kelly, when we're talking about that and someone says, how do you cope with that? How do you live with that? This show is talking about how do you live with these gifts? That scared the shit out of me. I walked up into the bedroom. I walked downstairs into the office. I left my client sitting alone in the room. I panicked. I didn't know if I was going to have to go to emerge. I couldn't breathe and I've never had an asthma attack. I did not know what was happening to my body. Now, when you walked back into the room, that client was patient with you. Yeah, he was. I bring this up because when people ask, how do you live with these gifts? I think you can answer across the board. We live better with them when we have people around us who are patient and kind. Yeah. And who are willing to say, I think that's mine. Yep. And he didn't know that. He started by saying, oh, you have asthma, Karen. And I said, no, sir, I don't. You do. And then he just sat back in the chair and was very, very quiet. So I would imagine Kelly is somebody who is actually living with asthma every day and understands it. And he's seeing that I'm having an asthma attack for the first time in my life. And hopefully the only time he sat quietly. That's my point. And the second point I wanted to make is that we have to be willing to talk about our gifts. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to say that we go through this, that we experience it. And by divulging that in consent, it's inviting other people to be patient and kind with us. I literally ask people, I would appreciate your patience in, in terms of the empathy and the mere touch synesthesia because I need those extra couple seconds to get my shit together. Right. The same way you do in life when you're experiencing something. Exactly. So two parts to that is us being willing to talk about it because if we don't, people aren't willing to offer, I think that's mine. They yeah. don't know to. Right. 
and then relying on other people's gentleness and kindness and their willingness to relate to other people. Yeah. I think we have a general crisis in this world that we don't want to relate to other people. Absolutely. And that happens in the treatment room as well with a lot of clients who don't give us that. Mm -hmm. And then, and they want us to continue in the very next second with, well, hurry up. I have a half hour and I want more. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's abuse. For anyone, that's abuse. Yeah. That's like a boss saying, get over your asthma attack. I still need the project done today. That's right. Yeah. No checking in, no asking what you need, nothing. There's one more component I want to add, and I know it's going to come up in all the other things that we talk about when we say living with these gifts, and that's debriefing. Because I know I've walked up to you at the end of the day and said, mom, I had MS today. Mom, I had someone's fibromyalgia today. Insert whatever physical ailment people experience. We've both come back to the other person and said, can you love me? Can you be gentle with me? Can you put your hand on my back? There's different ways that we offer each other self-care, but it's part of the debriefing process. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting to tell you I'd had an asthma attack for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. It was, And it was very important. And, you know, this is on our list to share with people today to tell a friend. Yeah. To tell, and, and, and here's the deal for me sometimes. And this is where friendship has meant more to me because these gifts have kept growing over the last decades. Some friends, when I would walk up to them and say, I had an asthma attack for the first time in my life today, some of those people would say, oh, my son totally pissed me off on the weekend because he took the car and he didn't ask me. Dismiss. Totally dismiss me. And other friends would say, are you okay? What do you need? Was it yours? Was Yeah, was it yours? Was it a client's? What was it like? How do you feel afterwards? What have you done today for yourself? Mm -hmm. They went through a list of questions that helped me check in. I think the important thing is that people need to know who you are if you are experiencing these things. They can't help take care of you. They can't help you to help yourself if you won't talk about it. Well, yeah, I've had to actually say to friends, I need you to ask me if I'm okay. I need you to ask me what I need right now. I need you to check in with me. What's a check-in, Karen? It's asking me these questions and giving them the list of questions to ask. Or I need you to listen. I need you to drive the car. So let's move on to another biggie, and that's sleep. Oh, man. And this one's a real shit show. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. I think the most that I can say about this is that we sleep when we can, where we can. Yeah. In the car, hopefully as a passenger, I don't want anyone to freak out and hear that. <laughs> Naps, mm-hmm. journeys, where we can get rest, we do. Because we work throughout the entire night doing dream walking. We're still doing energy healing. We're getting information about our clients for the next day. So sleep is something that I don't believe, and you can interrupt me if, if um, or correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that we've ever thought it's actually ours or our time. Yeah. And I mean, that's changed over my life that I've come to understand that I'm journeying all night long. And working. Yeah, and working. I didn't realize when I was a kid, I called it nightmares. As intuitive as this will sound to some people, it'll sound just as foreign to others. 
it's important to have a beautiful bedroom. Mm. It's important to have a beautiful place to sleep where you feel comforted, where you feel safe, where you feel clean, where you're not cluttered. You're literally going to bed in a place that is peaceful. And on your way to bed, you're not cluttered with noise as well Mm -hmm. because there can be physical clutter as well as noise clutter. Mm -hmm. And technology clutter. Mm -hmm. And all of those things can contribute to fitful nights of sleep in very human ways. But then when you add on all the things that we're doing as spiritual healers, it's just compounding fatigue if you're not if you're not in good routines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, listening to uh, music without voice um, versus listening to music with voice, watching TV, being on the internet, all of those types of things disrupt how we function in the dream state. And I think that's not just for you and I, but it certainly seems to be magnified for you and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many things happen in my bedroom. So for me, um, putting a chair in the room helped me organize the gifts. It helped me organize all the people who've crossed over so that the spirit world could have them sit one at a time in the chair to give messages. So that as I'm sleeping or trying to sleep, there's some sense of calm or organization. Mm -hmm. You've talked about this before. Yeah, I know. And I know that we've given this as a tool in some of our workshops as well. Yeah. We debrief in the morning as well. So we've talked about debriefing with empathy and with mere touch synesthesia, but we always make a point to debrief about dreams and sleep in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's important because we can still ask the same questions of how are you, what do you need, and was the dream yours? Because sometimes it is about being in someone else's dream and helping them through it. Well, Kelly, that really progressed over years, right? Yes. Because when you and Andrew were little children... It started with just asking you about what you dreamt because I was such a big dreamer that as soon as I got up in the morning, it was what was on my mind. So I engaged and asked you guys what was what happened through your dream state. So it was just simple questions. What did you dream last night at breakfast? I want to pause for a minute because for anyone who's listening to the show and might just feel a little bit of fascination or like Kelly and Karen are over there and I'm over here. We're talking about this because we do believe that everyone has the ability to do these things. It's in every child. And we talk about that a lot, where it gets beaten out of us, or we have a different intention or a wrong intention, and we step away from the intuitive gifts. And the reason that we're bringing this kind of show to you is because you can change the dialogue in your home. Yeah, You can change the conversations that you're having with your children or your spouse or your, your adult siblings. Mm-hmm. Well, and I found too, by asking you guys what you dreamt, if you woke up and said, I dreamt I was beaten up, then you may be bruised during the day with your emotions. Yeah. If you said you dreamt that I died or your dad died, then during that day, you might be insecure, Mm -hmm. that you might be needy. And then I could remember during the day, if it was like, oh, I want to be around dad all day today. Then I could not take it personally. I would be able to sit back and say, she she, she needs to be around dad today. She had a terrible dream last night. And then I could simply say to him, Kelly had a bad dream last night. She dreamt that you died. So that he knew that. He could understand then your behavior. Mm, we, We know how to love each other better. But again, it requires talking. Yeah. It requires that we communicate what our experience is, and that we know that we're safe to do it and we aren't judged or made fun of. Yeah. 
And then the dreams just kept snowballing, eh? They became more and more important. That was a magnificent tool. You mean for getting information about our clients the next day? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's become crucial what we dream, remembering it and debriefing because it spills into that day, hour by hour. And if you think about that in terms, if you're listening to this, say you're a doctor and everything all night long or a nurse or a teacher, anything, all night long, you're dreaming about what patients you're going to see. Isn't that going to be beneficial if you start journaling it, if you start acknowledging it? And anybody who dreams knows that you can wake up and forget your dream within seconds. Mm -hmm. But talking about it right away when you get up in the morning helps you remember it longer. I think this is a good segue into concentration because this is something we wrote down on the list. Okay. And rocking. And I kind of want to lump the two together. Oh. Because I've watched it be a struggle for you. Oh, yeah. And obviously I say that with kindness and just as fact. When you live with these gifts, you're bombarded with all of the different senses. So we hear the information, we smell it, we taste it, there's touch involved, and we have different visions or however you want to refer to that. Then there's the inner knowing. Yeah, Kel, that's all six of the senses. Mm -hmm. And so that directly affects concentration throughout the day. Because as we're trying to involve ourselves with human relationships or human tasks, we're still bombarded with the other world. Yeah. All the time, including doing a podcast show. Oh, yes. This is smooth and seamless once it's edited. Yeah. But man, oh, man, is it broken. And there are multiple times that we will stop because you'll be rocking. And I know that that's your sign that you're channeling. Yeah. And when I say this to listeners, she rocks kind of um, forwards and backwards a bit. Well, actually, I ended up figuring out that I rock like an atom. So if anybody understands or Googles what an atom looks like and the ways that the circuits run, they would understand that I rock in different directions. Which I think is so fascinating because autistic children who are on a very severe spectrum mm -hmm. do the same thing. Oh, I think it's remarkable. It was a surgeon that told me this. I didn't even know that I was rocking like an atom. I struggled tremendously with the rocking. It was brutal for years. And then one day a client who is a surgeon that came to see me said, well, just keep doing it. Don't worry about stopping. I just want to observe you while you're channeling. At the end of her hour, she says, well, this is easy. You're an atom. <laughs> I wanted to kiss her. It was like how it can be so easy for one person to be able to identify that and explain it to me. Versus all of the years of seeing all the eye, ear, nose and throat specialists in Toronto at the clinic that couldn't explain that. Yeah, because let's pause. This can be, well, it is disruptive yes. and people can judge it and be annoyed by it. Yes. So if I'm talking to you and I'm telling you about my day and I'm being human and you start rocking, I can be annoyed about your experience because it's taking away from my stuff. Yeah. Instead of looking at that going, huh, okay, what's this? Yeah. And being curious. Right. And it is about changing the mindset. Yeah, because they might end up being curious about it. And the reason I'm rocking might have to do with what they're actually telling me. Yes. It can contribute to what the conversation is about. Now, I want to take this because we're calling it rocking. But for other people, you might identify it in yourself as dizziness. Oh, I did. Or That's... lightheadedness. And I'm yeah. saying that for a reason because I know a lot of people have different tidbits of the gifts and don't really know what they are and don't really know where to start. Yeah. And 
it's disorienting as well. So if you are someone who gets very dizzy or lightheaded right in the middle of nowhere, it might be something to explore. Uh, first, there were people that told me I had tinnitus. Then they said they had met, I had Meniere's disease through medical intervention or seeking different things. That was even something that they said to me in Toronto at the clinic, at the hospital. As a result of all of that, I thought it was just that stuff. I came to understand that it is part of the gifts. The ringing in the ears, the rocking in the imbalance is part of the intuitive gifts. It wasn't strictly you have a disease and here's your problem, here's your medication, or it's viral. It wasn't. It had to do with all of the intuitive gifts. And in order to keep using them, even when you're in a very human situation with other humans around, we're still relying on kindness. We're still relying on patience from those around us in order to continue living with them. And developing them. Mm -hmm. Because boy, oh boy, you hit a brick wall over and over again. You think you're crazy. And, and people end up getting angry with you. They end the friendships. They walk out on you. Or they stay but leave emotionally. So this kind of goes right into world events, which we've done whole shows on before. And people can go back and listen to that. I think it's called Where in the World. It's very early on in the podcast. So you may have to go back in the archives. But the body reacts on an empathetic and mere touch synesthesia level because you can have mere touch synesthesia for nature. Oh, yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, we don't you, talk about that. You and I both do. Yeah, we don't talk about that very plainly, very often. Um, so we get world events with our own body. So heat, um, shaking, you feel earthquakes. It just happened this week. I was in Sudbury with Denise when on two separate occasions, about three hours apart, I felt the earthquake and I lost my balance both times. We were in home sense at one point, and I felt like I was being pushed forward. Whenever there's an earthquake, Kelly, I get a feeling like I'm being pushed by somebody behind me. And I stood, I had to grab onto a shelf, and I said to Denise, earthquake. Later that day, oh, and I said tsunami. Later that day, Denise texted me and said, earthquake 7.4 Venezuela. That's a good friend. Well, yeah, she went home and Googled it. I went on to seeing and doing other things in my day. And she actually went home and researched that and texted me the message and said, here it is. Here you go. Yeah, because you're my friend and I don't want you to feel crazy. Yeah. I, I want know. you to know how good you are and that developing the gifts has a point. Oh, and I thanked her because there's such a difference between the Denise's in my life and some of the other people in my life that would be annoyed that I lost my balance in the store because they would see it as I'm just trying to get attention. So I have to punish her and make sure that I don't pay any attention to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to withhold if I have any information. I'm going to avoid dealing with this. It can't be about anything but me. So then let's go into social. Oh, Lord. How do you live with these gifts in a social situation? I actually don't know how I do. <laughs> I think this might have to go to you and my friends. I beg to differ because I have recently shared on uh, social media your tracking sheet for your health. 
And if anyone remembers or follows us on Instagram or Facebook, I put up Karen's tracking sheet. So each day of the week, she ticks off if she's done her yoga for certain parts of the body, if she's exercised, if she's had an educational moment in her day where she learned something. And then she's got on her list social, which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And it's to the point where... We don't like socializing so much. So if you do walk into the gym and someone says, hello, and how are you today? And you respond, you'll tick off social. Absolutely. I think it's brilliant. But that's one way that we do cope. Because when you do have to retreat, self-soothe, and practice your self-care, social is not a big priority. In fact, it has to be bumped to the bottom in order to preserve energy and recuperate. Oh, I think you've worded that perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. And the best friends, the kindest friends will understand that. That's right. Where they don't stop inviting you to things. They don't stop contacting you and staying in touch, even if they can't see you face to face. They do check-ins. That's right. Yeah. Kelly, you just wrapped all of that up just absolutely perfectly for me. Because social is second to Mm self-care. And I, you know, when I say they don't stop inviting you to things... I, I go to concerts. It's overwhelming, but the person standing next to me hopefully understands if I need to leave or can hold my hand. I've had best girlfriends hold my hands through concerts because I just need someone to ground me. Can I we- just need to know that I, I'm with someone who knows what's going on mm-hmm. so that I can still enjoy the human experience of Ed Sheeran in front of me. Yeah. And I know you've already talked about having to exit relationships because we do get attacked or we do get people who are too annoyed with us or think we're attention-seeking. Yep. Uh, And friends, too, that just didn't like a message in a session Mm -hmm. and couldn't come back to the friendship and understand that I was working. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I go to the chiropractor, for example, and maybe my chiropractor has to adjust my hips and maybe she can't get it in, and then I'm so mad I won't ever go back to her if she's my friend can't separate something. Mm -hmm. I wanted to follow up too with friends who get annoyed that we can't do human things. When they get angry and tell us that we just need to get over it, that we just need to have a drink, that we just need to Mm. go out and get laid. Like there's so many cliches or stereotypes that people can spew because of their own shit Mm -hmm. where they don't understand that no, Having a drink in a social situation makes it 50 times worse for us. Yeah. We can't drink. It's enough It's enough of an effort to just get into a social situation that's a crowd. Yeah. So here again, we're relying on patience and kindness. Oh, an understanding. And that's what I mean. The willingness to just relate. Fundamental respect. Yeah. And and sometimes that's beautiful, as you hear in a, in a Denise friendship. Yes. And sometimes you hear that it's totally lacking and we either have to end the friendship, but I find quite often people, those type of people. Yeah. They, they, what you guys refer to as ghost. Yeah. They ghost us. So this is also a great segue into talking about how we care for each other. Okay. Because if we're talking about people leaving us and ghosting us, then we're left with each other. (laughs) Right? Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, and I mean, I, we can laugh and it, it also sucks, but we've also said to each other so many times, I don't know what I'd do without you. Yeah. It's true on all kinds of different levels. Mm-hmm. And one of the deepest of those levels being about the gifts. Because the gifts truly are who we are. Yeah. There isn't a separation. 
Yeah, and I don't know that people can understand that because one of the things we get asked is, can't you turn this on and off? And the response is no, because it's not a gift to turn something on and off. The universe controls all of that information and how it's going to flow when it's coming in. And it isn't just, I'm going to go to bed and turn it off. Runs when it wants to. Mm -hmm. And it also isn't, let's debrief and then I'm done feeling it. Yeah. It, it carries on much longer than that. So if we are debriefing about a murder dream that we had about a client coming in later today, we often will sit with each other multiple times in a day and say, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to put my feet on your feet so you can feel grounded? Do you want me to bring home a coffee for you this afternoon so you can feel warmth and comfort? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to be around for a meal later so that you're not alone? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that being a single person, that there are times when you have said, do you want me to sleep over here tonight? Oh, yeah. Do you need company? Do you want me to sleep in your bed with you? Mm -hmm. And somebody might think that's weird. They're both women. They're both adults. But I don't think if they're thinking that, that they can truly empathize with what we go through with the synesthesia. I also think that if you just relate it back to just humanness, why can't someone empathize with someone having a nightmare or a night terror and waking themselves up screaming? Mm -hmm. If you truly loved them, why would it be weird to lay next to them and say, when you need help waking up, I will be there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember laying beside you all night when we were search and rescue working to find Alexi Levac, who was a young girl running through the bush. I remember laying beside you while you would shake and then sit bolt upright in bed all through the night as she was going through different things. I can't imagine what that would have been like for you had you had to try to do that by yourself. Thank you. And why should you? I, I think that's the bigger question. Yeah. You can set a boundary and you know what, maybe in some relationships it's not appropriate or certainly in some relationships it's not appropriate. I wouldn't ask a coworker to come to sleep with me, <laughs> female or male. Yeah. But I may ask a coworker, do you have someone to sleep with you tonight? Do you have someone in your life who can stay over? It's one of the reasons, Cal, why I think that the spirit guides picked a mom and a daughter. Hmm, I like that. Like if you're sitting out in the spirit world and you think you're going to pick two people that are going to have all of these gifts to help so many humans on earth. Yeah, uh, they're going to be really fucked up. We better make them close. <laughs> they're going to need a lot of help. You know what? I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's there's so much that we do for one another and they are human things. But they're the spiritual things too, offering to journey with one another, mm -hmm. offering to dream walk to one another. Wait, can we get into that? Can we just explain that for some of the people that don't understand that we dream walk to each other? Mm -hmm. And I remember doing this years ago with you when we were both living here in this house, you as an adult when you came back from university, mm -hmm. that we would dream walk and we would say to each other every night when we went to bed, so where do you want to meet? And we would make a plan to meet in each other's dreams. Yeah. To be able to say, how about a bench? How about a park? 
all of the different things that we would pick. And then we'd get up in the morning to see, did you get there? What did it look like? Did yeah. you see me? What did I look like? As playfulness. Mm-hmm. And playfulness is often one of the biggest forms of self-care. Yeah. And that's something that you can offer yourself and another person. I think that's my middle name. <laughs> play? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. There's so much playfulness in me. Yeah. And, and in us together. I want to take this back yet again to kindness and patience. Because we've talked about this being a necessity in who we surround ourselves with. And it's something that we do for one another in so many large and minute ways, mm-hmm. as well as ourselves. Well, Kel, I notice as co-workers that just in the day-to-day stuff that we do, taking a message, having to do business dealings together, having to market for the business, that if one of us makes a mistake, the other person has each other's back. Oh, God, yeah. You can pick it up. You can apologize on my behalf or me on yours. We can sit down and instead of why did this go wrong? Why did you do this? There is no level of attack. There is no level of feeling defensive ever. Oh, there's good questions. Hey, what was your intention when you did this? Yeah. What, what were you thinking? Like, what was the end game that you had in mind? Because maybe you're on a different page than me. But there's, there's consideration in the questions that we ask. Yeah. And I think that book Mindset by Carol Dweck is a wonderful thing to bring up at that point. Because for me, in all aspects of using the gifts and being a co-worker with you, a co-owner of these businesses, I had to keep going back to, can I change a mindset? Mm -hmm. Instead of being who I was in the past as a secretary, Mm -hmm. um, who got blamed for mistakes. So you kind of go into a, oh, preach. I have to defend myself all the time. I don't ever have to defend myself ah, again. Okay, let's pause and let's go to another one because we have each other's backs in that we don't let clients abuse each other. That's right. So if they have come into our sessions one-on-one and we walk out and say, first name, last name, they just abuse the shit out of me, I'm not seeing them again. That name goes up on a list where you say, me neither. That's and right. I say, me neither. That's correct. And there's no question as to whether or not you or I is going to bring another person into this home who's just abused the other person and say, yeah, but now they're seeing me. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense because it means that there's no respect for each other. Yeah. I, so this woman comes into the spa, screams literally in an esthetician's face and mine, demands whatever she wants, and... She's welcome to come back and see the esthetician she prefers. Instead of setting a boundary and saying, that's not how we treat one another. That's not how we are solution focused. This is how we behave. And you'll either follow those directions or those boundaries or you won't come back. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the difference between healthy and unhealthy businesses. And I think what we're trying to say here is that by raising emotional intelligence, by changing into healthy mindsets instead of being in unhealthy ones, you and I can constantly reevaluate an unhealthy mindset and make the decision not to stay in it, to find the tools to come out of it, implement them for ourselves and for each other so that all clients know the standards and because of that can feel very well cared for and safe. 
with either one of us. Yes, absolutely. But we give that to each other. There's no question as to whether or not it's going to be a boundary today and not tomorrow. Yeah, there's, oh, that's beautiful. Consistency. Yes. Which is something that I think the clients can appreciate, friends can appreciate, your partner, anybody that's around us, whether it's business or personal or neighbors, consistency. Yeah, and consistency is one of the things that allows us to continue to grow the gifts. Because if we were inconsistent in allowing abuse or inconsistent in the way that we questioned one another and conducted business, the gifts can't grow earnestly. Mm -hmm. And they can't grow fast enough for us either. <laughs> I know sometimes I lay down in bed at night and I ask the spirit world for more. I know. And doesn't like some days that just feels like weird. Like, oh God, I can't do more. I want more so that there's more accuracy. Yeah. I want more. So there's more fun. Yeah. There's more relationship. Yes. There's more f just joy in it for us and the spirit world and the people that come to see us. I just want more of everything. Except caffeine. Because I'm looking on our list here that we, we kind of wrote down for this show and self-care. You've got decaf. So less caffeine is part of your self-care ritual. Oh, absolutely. I, I let go of caffeine a couple of years ago because I recognized in the morning when I had the first coffee that I was too revved up energetically to do the sessions and that it was interfering with the gifts. So each time I recognized something that was interfering with the gifts, I removed it out of my life. Interesting, because there are so many people that have walked through our door just in the last week who have said, I want to do what you do, but I don't want to work for it. And can I have all the gifts you have, but I'm not working? And we're talking about removing coffee. Do you mm -hmm. know how many people are rolling their eyes right now? <laughs> oh, well then, well, let's go to plan B. Yes. <laughs> That's just one thing that we removed. Yeah, and plan B for other people might be great. But that isn't okay for, I'll say for me, I don't want to speak for you in that regard, but that is not okay. I don't drink. No, that's not an authentic desire. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what Period. it is for us. That's, that's not even about the gifts. That's just across the board. You can't say I want to be a CEO and not work. I want to be a millionaire and not work. Oh, wait, no. I've also been asked that this week. Can I be a oh, millionaire same. and not work? So self-care is about evaluating whether or not those decisions, behaviors, chemicals are all things that are going to contribute to enhancing the gifts or interrupting them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. And those people that ghosted were at some point going to interrupt them. Yeah, that's very true, Kelly. And I think there's a great appreciation on my part for all of the people that stepped away and ghosted in my life. I appreciate them. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my favorite books slash movies was The Peaceful Warrior by Dan yeah. Millman. And I remember one of the funny pieces of advice that the gentleman was kind of coming up with as he was trying to train and become more wise was if you give a friend $20 and you never see them again, it was probably worth it. Oh, it was worth the $20. Absolutely. Like you paid them to disappear out of your life exactly. and that's to your benefit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, and you know why, Kelly, there's a great maturity that comes in life when you realize that those people that do those things to you and disappear 
is a good thing for you. I refer to that as maturing. Mm, you don't you don't fight for those people. That's acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wait, and that's a true letting go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just going back to the playfulness, then a lot of people will ask how we spend our day, literally, and we like to talk about the things that we do in between clients too. Oh, and it isn't just nap. Okay. Um, I've watched you with random bursts of activity or energy where you'll get on a trampoline or you'll do planks or you'll lift your weights or you'll cook your meal in between clients. Lots of walks. Yeah, to fill your day. Um, You're with Parker a lot or you'll sit down and you'll color for 15 minutes. There's what I like to call an infusion that happens in your day where every minute is filled up with something that somehow contributes to what you want to feel and what's going to nurture either gentleness or strength in your life or both. Yeah. It, it's been um, uh, weeding. Mm-hmm. We, weeding out the things that weren't good. But cool. as you taught me, crowding that out with all of the good things. You taught me a beautiful lesson in crowding out things. And you taught it to me first in nutrition. Mm, so by crowding f- in. Yeah. Crowd in all the good food, mom. Bring in more fruit, bring in more vegetables, bring in more protein. And as you're full, you just won't desire the things that aren't good for you. But in the very same way, I thought that's a great thing then in regards to friendships. Oh my God, who wants, you know, a fill in the blank when you've got a Denise? Yeah. Yeah. Or a Val. Any, yeah. I can name all kinds of people now. Amanda, all kinds of them. It's absolutely true. But when you say about filling things in all during the day, I I remembered thinking um, when Amanda taught me um, yoga, that in between sessions, I would stretch because you sit, you do energy work. My hands were up and my arms were out over people's bodies. Or just mere touch synesthesia. Yeah. I remember you saying to Amanda, I was going in for a personal session one day and you texted her and you said, just so you know, she had MS this morning. Oh, and so I don't have MS, but for the first time in my life, similar to your asthma attack, my body seized the way MS seizes someone. And so I was, I had no idea how to stretch for MS. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, eh, Kelly? Like if someone's listening to this and is in any way, shape or form knows about MS because they've, they have it they've known someone who has it or they're a medical professional that understands it and is educated that you could be sitting here mom and daughter talking about mirror touch synesthesia we have a client with ms you feel it in your body in a one-hour session and earlier maybe two three hours of the day and then you're going to go to a physical class like a yoga class and you still have to think that your body is responding like that of a person with ms Mm -hmm. and that you know not that much about it in terms of what it should be to your body. But now you have to go and stretch. So yeah. how are you going to do that? And will your body really respond properly the way Kelly Sarlow's body should? Or will it still be in those moments of synesthesia mm-hmm. where it's fatigued? Yeah. And it can't do the stretch that it really should be able to do yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some people could get very angry. And you have to stay playful. So if I walk in and say, you know, when she asks, how's your body? I had MS this morning. I don't know what's going to happen today. 
And so if you're given a posture and you try it out and you go, oh, that's not working. Can we try something new? Oh, Oh, that's working. That's a Kelly Sarlo reaction. I'm doing okay. There's just a curiosity and a willingness to try. And I think if people, when people listen to this, this has been for over a decade of trying to figure out just even mere touch synesthesia, let alone all of the other gifts. Mm -hmm. I remember going to yoga classes and feeling other people's pain. Not just the clients in the day, but the people in the room. Not that I want anybody to feel uncomfortable if I show up at a yoga class and they're there. There's nothing they can do about that. I'm going to feel something and then try and move past it. But sometimes it's to the point where you and I have to get up and be able to walk out and not feel shamed. Yep. I also want to mention a fun one where we, I know we've mentioned this a million times, but we dress like our clients <laughs> and, and you mentioned male and female. Mm-hmm. And I love when we dress alike first and then we have to kind of look at each other and go, now which one of our clients did we dress like? Mm-hmm. And there's just, there's playfulness in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I know this one's going to be airing soon, but I parted my hair like a male comb over. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Well, and I want to hilarious. Say, like she showed the picture yeah. of her grandfather with the comb over. And I got to see that. Mm-hmm. I, d- I wasn't part of that session. I got to hear Carol talk about that when we taped the podcast show. Yeah. And I got to sit here and hear you talk about doing a comb over, which made me just die laughing in the show to think of you doing a comb over mm-hmm. made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But then I saw the picture she had on her lap. Of her grandfather with the comb over. And did you also see, and this isn't about ego, but did you also see how much love she had in her eyes oh, expressing yeah. the affirmation? Oh, I did. And I, I mentioned that because when we're talking about living with these gifts, yeah, there's playfulness. Then there's the self-consciousness of why the hell did I just do that before you have the affirmation? And then Kelly, you, you were sitting there for an hour with a comb over. Shut up. <laughs> And she's sitting there loving me. She took looking notes. Looking at you. And she, she took me seriously. <laughs> writing notes and knowing that you look like her grandpa. But okay, so what I was getting at is that she looked at me with so much love. I know. Like you as a human love me this much to do this for me. And you as a human and spiritual being love my grandfather enough to do this for me. Yeah. Like there's, you hope to God again, back to kindness and patience that the human in front of you will at least try to understand and respect the gifts and then hopefully love you for them. Yeah. I hear you. And and you know what? Can I talk about embarrassments here? Oh, my God. Did we not? <laughs> <laughs> I remember dancing in front of a crowd of 60 people. Not in a way that I'm comfortable to dance. Oh, wait a minute now. Let me explain something. I don't want to dance by myself in front of 60 people, period. Ever. Ever. But let alone like a person who's passed over that I don't know. Who also couldn't dance. <laughs> well, I'm. <laughs> and I, I also remember you almost <laughs> canceling appointments because you couldn't stop pooping. Yes. On the toilet. I also remember a time when I couldn't stop burping and farting in one of the sessions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sit through my last session. I kept, I kept myself up on my hands because I had someone's hemorrhoids. This it's embarrassing. It's not flattering. And I tell people in consent, by the way, it's it's common to feel drastic temperature changes in your session. 
I cold sweat when I channel, so I'll never assume that you're having the same temperature experience as me. Super flattering. I'm going to sweat in front of you. Yeah. This and, is hard. And stink. I can remember at times in certain sessions where a person who had crossed over had a certain smell. And I felt like my own body was producing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe, so, so yeah, maybe playfulness we... <laughs> is key, is what we were getting at. The last oh, thing. Oh, Kelly, wait. Do you remember when I put, got down, I was a dog and oh, I had you my. lifted your leg. I couldn't get my leg down and you and Andrew was so annoyed with me. Be, why do you keep doing that? And I said, I don't understand, but it ended up being a client's dog yes. who had had a hip problem and the leg was stuck up in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm down on the floor in the dining room doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. <laughs> so they'll actually good segue again this has gone seamlessly Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Parker because we respect each other as humans living with these gifts but Mm -hmm. we also recognize that we've brought this beautiful understated kind of beauty into our life as our dog Parker Mm -hmm. and he was a shrink in a past life if you've heard his podcast it's episode three Mm -hmm. Um, and he's a therapy dog he sits in on some of our sessions here currently and he lives with all these gifts too. Mm-hmm. So learning how to respect another creature in how they function with the gifts, because it's different than how you and I do, obviously. Yeah, I, I it's been over the past three years of watching Parker greet people and what he needs. We leave the crate open downstairs in the office so that he has the, his own choice as to wanting to participate or walk away and take his own space. Mm-hmm. We don't go get him for anybody. If he feels he needs to be present, he makes his presence known. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I hope to some degree, that the way that I massage him. Oh uh, Yeah, I was, gonna, I was wondering if you'd bring that up. I try and massage Parker as often as I can every day that I see him. Yeah, because if we're talking about mere touch synesthesia and experiencing asthma attacks and MS and fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. he's walking around our home experiencing the same thing, Mm -hmm. sitting in on your sessions, sometimes in people's laps, sometimes on their feet or just in the corner, or maybe working down from the crate as well. I always assume that, well, maybe that's, I shouldn't say that. I like to give consideration, Kelly, that Parker works when he's downstairs in his crate. Yes. I don't think he always chooses to do it, yep. but I try to check in with his spirit and say, what do you need? Uh-huh. So if it's to rub him down, if it's to take him for a 10 minute walk or a one hour walk, if it's to give him his own space and not be in his space, touching him and trying and out of my own neediness, I try to make sure that when I pet him, that there's an attitude and an energy in me that I'm not taking from him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to him saying, oh, I've had a bad day. Come love me. I approach him in that regard of you've had a busy day. How can I care for you? Mm-hmm. And when he offers cuddles or closeness, we thank him. Mm-hmm. We thank him for choosing to spend his time with us or to give that energy to us. He gives me stink eye. Oh, yeah. And He's then, got the best one. Oh, I know. And he, he give me... Grandma. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Grandma. No. And I stay away when he does that because it's like he's saying, I want my space. Don't 
ask anything of me. Mm-hmm. So I leave him the room or whatever it is that he wants. I don't approach him. I just let him be. So I, and I hope that that's my way of saying I respect you and I love you. So you feel free to be immortal, Parker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, I shouldn't have said the last thing because this is the last thing now. We help others live with these gifts. Yeah. We, te- we teach this. Yeah. And, and you know, you and I have done this many times off and on over, what, the last eight to ten years now at least, running workshops, mm-hmm. particularly here in North Bay, where sometimes, where sometimes two or three people show up, and sometimes the room's filled and there's 60, but people seem to keep requesting them and not showing up. Yep. Not, not buying the tickets, not doing the work, not committing to it. And I don't know if it comes from a place of I don't really want to commit to the gifts because if I do, I'll be unsupported when I leave the workshop. I'll have it for two hours, but I can't continue it when I go home. Or if it's fear of what will happen to my life, how will things unfold or domino. I think there's a general curiosity and enthusiasm, but I think there's so much unknown of how everything else in their life will have to change. Yeah, but it's there. The point that we wanted to make is that it's there. We offer it. And if you want it, even on an individual level, you can be here. You can book your session. You can learn about yourself and your own gifts. Mm-hmm. We've run empathic workshops, shamanic journeying, psychic gifts, all kinds of different workshops, as you've said, over the years. And I've seen, or we're both seeing more recently, greater attendance at them. Mm-hmm more curiosity to come and try them and also more consistency with the people who keep returning to build on the gifts instead of every time I run we run a journeying workshop it's always brand new people every single time Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see the same people coming back because you're not going to learn to journey in one workshop what the hell is that that like you said it's lack of commitment Mm -hmm. But that's okay, because maybe it just takes them a few years of doing that to finally show up one year and go, okay, now I'm here for commitment. Yeah. It, you know, I, I liken it to showing up with your hockey skates and saying, I'm going to be an NHL player, and I'm going to come to one game or one practice. It's not going to happen. But I think people are starting to understand that now, and that's wonderful. So hopefully we'll do far more workshops. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this show again. Mm, my pleasure. I know we've done part one, but I know it's something people continue to ask about. And I think, like any podcast, we hope that you'll find pieces of yourself in these stories. Yeah, that's the point of being able for you and I to chat about them. Perfect. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have an exceptional Saturday. <laughs>